You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Everybody snuggle up here. Let's get in here nice and tight. Welcome to the 3DMs podcast. We are on episode 26. Um, we actually did have somebody reach out and go, uh, for being on episode 26, there's a few missing episodes. Yes, because we are terrible. Anyways, um, there's a couple of lost episodes due to uh, failures that are mostly our fault. Um, and we're going to talk about more failure here in just a second. But for now, I'm Jake. I'm Nacho. I'm Paul. And uh, we're happy to be with you this week, uh, week, guys. Jeez, I can't even can't even English, and I'm throwing my phone around, and this is just we're off to a wondrous start this week. Uh, well, Jake's getting his uh, life together. Yeah, I am. Which that may take a while. Oh, for I you. just want to point out, since your headset wasn't on, as you were messing around with the mic trying to shift over here, that actually was in time with the music <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, that's delightful. Um, so uh, before we get going, first of all, we just have to do a couple little plugs and things. Uh, we record out of the podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. If you are in the southeastern Michigan area and you want to start your own podcast, it's as easy as going to podcast Detroit. Reasonable rates, uh, open bar, and a lot of fun can be had. Uh, you ever have an idea for a show? You're in the southeastern Michigan area. Please check out podcast Detroit and uh, go to podcastdetroit.com if you're interested for more info. And now, um, speaking of hard times, credit affects a lot of people these days. And here's our sponsored ad read for our this month's content. So this is an advertisement for National Credit Card Relief. If you can't seem to stay ahead of your bills, then this message is for you. How would you like to have a large portion of your credit card debts, medical bills, and department store debt forgiven? National Credit Card Relief would like to give you a free information on proven debt forgiveness program. This program has been used by thousands to legally forgive millions in unsecured debt. It's not bankruptcy. It's not consolidation. This is a special program that actually wipes clean a portion of your debt that is forgiven from what you owe your creditors. Call for free information and get all your questions answered in the first free call. The more you owe, the more you can save. If you have at least $10,000 or more in credit card bills, this debt forgiveness program can be very effective for you. Call for free information and find out more now at 1-800-218-7170. There is no cost or obligation for the information. Don't wait. Call 1-800-218-7170. That's right. 1-800-218-7170. Get your debt problem solved. Call 1-800-218-7170 today. I just crushed that shit. You did. You you actually did. Hold on. I rode the wave for once, and we don't have to read that ad anymore after I finally nailed it. I am so proud. You have no idea how badly a porky pig that every time. Anyways, on to what we're actually talking about this week. Uh, so... We were supposed to have RPG Generations, the comic strip artist, on this week, but due to a uh, 
scheduling mismatch. Uh, yeah, basically me making mistakes. Uh, he's not going to be on this week, but we are going to have um, we're going to have them on in the future. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, we were supposed to have him on this week again. Made some mistakes, but moving on. Uh, we're diving into a topic that we meant to cover back when we were doing a lot of our basic stuff, and we just kind of got lost in the shuffle, and we talked about it, and we were like, "Oh yeah, no, let's let's do that again." Multiclassing and you. Um, imagine the Bob Ross music playing. I tried to get it all set up that we could do that, but it's not, you know. So. No dice. I, I couldn't do it justice if I tried to do it with my mouth. Yeah, so. the, the joys of multiclassing. A contentious topic, us. to be sure. A, uh, yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of hot takes on multiclassing. There are some people who are just like, you should just go 1 to 20 in whatever class you took. Don't don't goof with multiclassing. There are DMs who hate multiclassing. Um, but I think it's safe to say that the three of us here at this table actually adore multiclassing because of the shenanigans that can be accomplished. So I'm not sure I'd say I adore it, but I certainly don't hate it. Mm. Paul, with that, would you like to give us a brief history? Of multiclassing? Yes. What else would we want? Lots of things, I assume. But we'll, okay. we'll get yeah. to that in a moment. So – Multiclassing, from my understanding, originates from the second edition D&D or AD&D second edition as they would call it. It's a bit hard to describe because Gary Gygax is still on the stage where he was going to add weird and arbitrary restrictions to everything. So there are two different kinds of multiclassing. You could multiclass or you could dual class. Dual classing was only available to humans and would basically consist of I'm going to take this class up to this level, and then I'm going to arbitrarily forget everything I've learned and level from level one as a second class. When I reach the same level, I get both of my sets of abilities back. Multiclassing was at the start of the game, uh, I believe it was non-human characters, could decide to be two classes at the same time. So, for example, a, a dwarf could choose to be a fighter cleric, or an elf could be a fighter mage, or so on and so forth, a thief mage, and et cetera, et cetera. And the problem is you divide the XP you got up among your classes evenly. And in second edition, you had different XP scales per class. So things could get quite confusing. Thankfully, in third edition, we moved away from that. Third edition allowed everyone to sort of pick and choose different levels. So every time you level up, you choose what you're going to gain a level in. And this was actually fairly simple. Uh, it's pretty similar to the thing we use today, although it did have some weird sub-clauses like XP you know, reduction if it wasn't one of your race's favored classes or uh, more importantly, prestige classes, which is a concept we're not going to touch on for too long because I don't much care for them. And 4th edition, well, 4th edition had you took a feat and you got some minor bonuses. But now in 5th edition, multiclassing works fairly simply. Yeah. Would you like to describe that? Uh, yes, but first I would like to. Where is the other copy of the player's handbook? It seems to uh, have. Uh, Paul has hijacked both of them. <laughs> yes. Has been shanghaied. Here you go. If you will. Thank you very Just much. Just wanted them out of my arm space. So, a Which brief. Is why you put them in my space. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, please. We are three very large men, and this is a very tiny table. I believe you passed it by. You're currently on the equipment page. Yes, 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 so yes. So, 163. I was really close to opening it on the first crack, okay? Okay. All right. Just, you know, just a regardless. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. So, um, let's we're just going to breeze through the basics really quick. If you have a player's handbook and you play the game, you probably understand it, but just for anybody who like sees this and is like, "Oh, multiclassing, I'd like to know more." Here's the basics. 
before you move on to any other class, uh, you know, because at any point when you level up, you can elect to, I want to be uh, this now as well as this. I want to be a monk and I want to be a fighter because you want to do that. Um, you just need to meet the prerequisites, which is pretty straightforward. It's usually 13 in the major attribute of the class. Yes. So just sh- just shitting the list out really quick. Barbarian Strength 13. Bard Charisma 13. Cleric Wisdom 13. Druid Wisdom 13. Fighter 13 Strength or 13 Dexterity. Monk Dexterity 13 and Wisdom 13. Strength 13 and Charisma 13 for the Paladin. Dexterity 13 and Wisdom 13 for the Ranger. Uh, Rogue, Dexterity 13. Sorcerer, Charisma 13. Warlock, Charisma 13. Wizard, Intelligence 13. Are we going to get bad luck from all those 13s? Something like that. Uh, I think if you read 913s, like it's either – like I'm pretty sure we're way past double negative. So I, I'm just hoping we end up on the right side. But we ain't going to stop to do the math. We're just going to truck on forward. So – um, you gain the hit points from your new class and, you know, the hit dice and all that but stuff. But you don't gain the new proficiencies or all of them anyway. All of them. Um, for the just, new class. just covering the really basic stuff, uh, hit points and hit dice, uh, you gain the new hit points, you gain like the first level total, uh, you do not get, or I, I said that wrong, you do not get your first level total when you take a, uh, new, brand new level, you have to do the rolling the old fashioned way. Um, but or take the average or take the average and you also have to, uh, split your hit dice pool into, you know, the, the different dice. You can't just suddenly take one level in Barbarian and then have all D12 hit dice. That'd uh, be nice. Wouldn't it be nice? My wizard is no one's Oh, wouldn't it be nice? And your proficiency bonus goes up with level and it does not matter your various class levels. Yep. So. Before we dive into talking about how you want to multi-class and how you want to change things up for your characters, let's see what you get from just dipping in everybody, just from uh, taking one flat level before we even talk about abilities or things gained. Yeah. Multi-classing proficiencies. When you take Barbarian, you gain the ability to use shields, simple weapons, and martial weapons. Good. Bard. You learn how to use light armor, one skill of your choice. That's really good. And one musical instrument of your choice. That's role play. <laughs> one skill of your choice is quite good, though. So Yes. Uh, cleric, you get light armor, medium armor, and shields. Druids, you get light armor, medium armor, shields. And, uh, you know, you have to follow the druid rules of not wearing anything that's metal. You have to use the flesh of the things you're trying to protect. And... Or wooden armor. I kill you to keep you safe. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing this because I love you. <laughs> Why you got to make me hurt? That is definitely some serial they, killer they, talk. They, That's they, a future show topic. Druids is serial killers, but let's move on. They can't kill you if I kill you. Uh, <laughs> fighter. Light armor, medium armor, shields, simple weapons, martial weapons. Monk, simple weapons, and short swords, weirdly enough. Uh, paladin. Light armor, medium armor, shields, simple weapons, martial weapons. It's pretty good. Ranger shockingly has the most in-depth to gain. Despite being one of the uh, or the weakest class in the player's handbook, I call it compensation. Um, you get light armor, medium armor, shield, simple weapons, martial weapons, and one skill from the class's set list. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, it yeah. almost makes up for the fact that you're taking ranger levels. <laughs> almost rogue, light armor, one skill from the class's skill list, and thieves' tools. Useful. Yep. Sorcerer, you don't get anything. Wow. 
Rough. You're just a sorcerer now. I guess the ability you just magical to, puberty. you know, just to shit fire and crap, you know, lightning is uh, language enough. Warlock, light armor, simple weapons. I mean, that's okay, I guess. That's a thing. And wizard. I don't know what classes don't have those already. But. Wizard, nothing. So that's what you get for well, being you, a darn dirty wizard. You get to be a bookworm. There are a bunch of various other little rules you got to follow, like the channel divinity rules, the extra attack rules and stuff. Um, those are all things you can just read on your spare time. It's all pretty We're not going to get to. It basically, you keep leveling as normal. Yeah, it's, it's of- all very straightforward stuff. Like, you know, if you take two classes that get extra attack at level five, you don't get to add a third attack. That's what fighters get to do, and they only get to do it at 10. You know, it's it, a lot of it's common stu- sense stuff, like for stacking things. But let's get down to the actual fun part, and that is building ridiculous stuff. So, um, we're going to bring out the handy dandy little bell because oh we might get stuck on certain uh, certain ones for too long. We got to try to keep pace. Contentious comics. Yes, yes, yes. Um, let's see. Nope, no comments yet. Sorry, guys. Well, no, we, we do have a comment. We do have do a comment we? from Dan. <laughs> Wizard wits. It's free. <laughs> Regardless. Regardless. So, how does every class compare with every other class? This is a lot of classes to talk about, so you'll have to bear with us if we do some repeats. Yeah. Um so here's here's how we're going to structure this. Here's how it's going to be framed. Uh we're going to start we're going to go class by class and uh just basically do a recommendation of if you wanted to dip into another class. So we're going to start with Barbarian, and we're going to talk about what we recommend Barbarian taking a small dip into that could imp- improve uh, a Barbarian or definitely give you a like a certain type of character that you're going for. Yeah. Um, but then when we do other classes and we refer to Barbarian, like, you know, uh, I guess the easiest way to explain this, the thing I'm going to recommend that a Barbarian would take a small dip into would be Monk. But when I get to Monk... And I mentioned a dip in Barbarian. It's a completely – it's going to be a completely Top different spine. play style. So we're talking about uh, with the class first mentioned as the main class, so to speak. Yeah. You are starting as this. This is going to be your main thing. And you just want to dip just to, you know, try to get the the right brand of class or the right, uh, you know, the right kind of character thing you're going for. So let's go from the very top. Bar – Barry in. You dragged that one out, didn't you? A little bit, yeah. Well, he is the first oh. one you see in the book. Don't you just want to go down the list for the uh, subclass or secondary? <laughs> no, I don't. We'll, we'll pass. We'll, we'll skip that for now. But no, I want to talk about the barbarian. No. So, barbarian. Paul, let's start with you. If you're playing a barbarian... And, uh, you know, because Barbarians obviously got a remarkable kit. Quite good kit. Very the, good base kit. The best uh, the best tank, the best pure tank in the game probably in For 5A. Um, what would you recommend to a Barbarian player who wants to change things up? And how would you present that to as like a, like a legitimate character thing? Because um, I guess one more sidebar is – uh, a reason a lot of DMs aren't fan of people fans of people taking on multi classes is because it makes no sense in some cases. Yeah, for some cases it fundamentally changes the character too much. But I always love playing with multi classes, and 
like definitely getting a very specific type of character out of it. So here's how we're going to do this. We're going to recommend the class and then we're going to kind of give like the mind's eye, you know, ideal of how you could do this in lore for your game. The most obvious one for the Barbarian, the one that immediately leaps to mind, is Fighter. Fighter and Barbarian have tremendous synergy, share absolutely all their attributes, and frankly, it's not even that hard to explain. It's basically just a Barbarian dipping into Fighter is basically a Barbarian getting some martial training and figuring things out. Instead of just getting pissed and swinging all the time. Yeah. And the thing is, it gets you stuff like Action Surge and Battlemaster Maneuvers, and that's that's pretty good, honestly. You're going to hear the word Action Surge a lot today. Action Surge is a very good ability. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, that said, if you don't want to go fighter because that's basically just more of the same, just with slightly different approach to things, uh, you could probably mix things up a bit with rogue isn't a terrible idea. Sneak attack with your barbarian abilities is pretty good, although you'll need to be using lighter weapons than usual. Uh, sorry, blanking. Give so me a second. dex builds. Yeah. Ranger, for all of its problems, ranger at least gets you Colossus Slayer and a quite good suite of abilities as mentioned in uh, yep. the multi-classing section. An extra skill, um, more proficiencies with armor, which, um, you know, meh, you don't probably really don't really want if you're barbarian. Barbarian. Well, as long as you're not wearing heavy armor, then if you're, your abilities go through. If you're yeah. doing the barbarian stuff. Uh, you could also theoretically combine druid with barbarian because they loaded a wild shape with moon circle into a big scary monster and then a rage is pretty good. Yeah. Um, now for me... Um, going to a, uh, a different side of things. And this is probably going to be the only one that overlaps because I absolutely just adore the combination, uh, no matter how you flip the levels. But, uh, bear totem barbarian with just a brief little dip into monk is fun. All right. Makes sense. It's a lot of fun. Um, way of the open hand is like, the synergy is there. The only thing that's difficult from going barbarian to monk is you got to have any very high wisdom stat for a barbarian, and normally wisdom's a dump because they need strength, dex, and con badly. And so, if you're able to pump up to thirteen wisdom, and you can take a dump into monk, it's really fun because you basically get to play sumo wrestler monk. It's true. I mean, the flurry of blows is also pretty good for barbarians, especially um, with the rage. Yeah, flurry of blows. You get extra damage with every rage. So you're suddenly, if you know, you're a six level barbarian, you got three levels of monk. Um, you're making four attacks a turn. Uh, and assuming you hit with all those, you're getting a free eight damage just off the top because of rage damage and then whatever the dice give you. And then, um, your muscle stats, the muscles, the muscles, which are probably pretty good. Yeah. Which are probably pretty hefty. They should be some pythons. Nacho, do you got anything that you think that uh, multi-classing with Barbarian is fun? My, my favorite dip from Barbarian oh, is not the most optimal, but the Bardbarian. <laughs> so you take your dip into a bard, and I like to skin it as either, hey, I'm a tribal drummer, or because I play halfling Barbarians, can be an Ewok, and if your DM allows it, reskin the uh, reskin your drum as a skull of one of your enemies. And just be <laughs> that would have e- terrible acoustics. Yeah, then you're an Ewok and you're running around beating on this skull, giving all your inspirations. It's just a piccolo snare. You have some. It's got that pop. You have that real light spell casting, and then once you go into your rage, you could either go a uh, wolf totem and 
Fluff your buddies people. out and pretend, hey, I'm helping everybody out, so you get your advantage when you're attacking this guy. <laughs> or bear totem, and I'm the unstoppable Ewok. Well, yeah, because we all know bear totems are like flat earthers, but they just don't believe in damage instead of the earth being flat. You're, Which is more scout- sensible, honestly. Yeah. But. So you just run around there with your little drum, and yeah, your scout walkers mean nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's barbarian. That's a hot take. It, yeah. it's, it's not optimal, but it's fun. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess, you know, if we're going to debate that really quick, there is a certain je ne sais quoi to making a character that is not optimal, but definitely has, like, a very unique flavor flavor on the game. Yeah, flavor is a good word for it. Uh, unique imprint on the game. Paul despises it, but that's because he cares about being good. I think that the idea <laughs> could use some work. Let's leave it at that. We're all friends so, here, so... So, moving on to Bard. Bard's an interesting one. Bard has a lot of abilities. You know, I mean, like we talked about in the card, it's still, it's, Bard kind of still struggles from its stereotype from previous editions where it is the charismatic face, usually. It's a skill monkey, and it. Does nothing except cause shenanigans. Yeah, cause shenanigans. Oh, I, you know, I banged the dragon. I'm the bard. I'm going to try to have sex with everything. But when you look past all the, like, stereotypes and the typical play, like, bard is low-key. One of the better spellcasters in the game. One of the better classes in the game. Like, we can argue for days about, you know, which is better, but it's in the top four with the other casters. Well, yeah, so. Okay, I'm not going to say any more on that one because it's also a contentious topic. Um, I should note that Bard is, as most spellcasters, somewhat disadvantaged by taking large dips in other classes because you want to keep your spellcasting up as much as you can. That said, because of the way that uh, multiclassing spellcasters works now, uh, multiclassing with another charisma-based spellcaster for a little bit maybe would not be a terrible idea. Yeah. So with Bard. Obviously, you have a lot of spells. Um, they like, I mean, they get ninth level spells. They're actually a caster who just kind of fakes it, you know, being a melee at times. And their, their abilities just going through the gamut are remarkable and their skill monkey abilities are remarkable. But if you wanted to dip into something else to improve your bard life, what would it be? That's a tough question. I think it would not be necessarily a terrible thing to go two levels in fighter for action surge. Yes. Um, again, action surge is a hell of a drug. Uh, really quick, just because, again, we're going to name drop action surge a whole lot, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you know exactly what it does. But just again, we're going to get we're going to read it out just so you understand why we are all dipping into fighter a lot. Action action surge. Starting at second level, you can push yourself beyond your normal limits for a moment. On your turn, you can take one additional action on top of your regular action and a possible bonus action. Once you use this feature, you must finish a short or long rest before you can use it again. Starting at 17th level, you can use it twice before a rest, but only once on the same turn. I would not recommend worrying too much about the 17th level thing because these are almost all going to be one or two level dips. But you do get the ability to just go, but wait, there's more. So the thing, of course, is that it's basically you can – every class would love to have an additional action. Is there a class in this game that wouldn't want to have another action on their turn for some reason? It's just so easy to get and so powerful and it's once per short rest. 
I don't really have the words to describe how good it is. Yeah. So a dip into fighter is not a bad thing because you gain um, all those proficiencies. You gain. You're going to gain a medium armor proficiency, so you can put your bard in medium armor. Now, to be fair, because I know people are going to say this too, uh, there, you know, with College of Swords that was added in Xanathar's, you do get medium armor. You get a couple other little things. You add get some added weapon proficiencies. But if we're going going to do multi class for the sake of multi classing or to make it more optimal, you're going to go there for action surge. And also, um, second wind ain't a bad thing either. Uh, or battle master maneuvers if you are going College of Swords. Yeah. Or, yes, going up to a third level even and getting some battle master maneuvers. Uh, now, for me, the bard, I think if you're going to go with bard, uh, the, you know, fighter is probably your best dip for multiclass. There isn't a whole lot of, like, really exciting, weird things you can do because Bard is actually a pretty unique and beautiful butterfly. Yeah. Uh, I would also consider uh, Rogue. I've got, I've got a couple quick takes. But Bard Warlock. Interesting choice. Is, uh, it's fun and it has a lot of flavor with your patron. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do with the whole, like, you know, singing songs and talking the great and glories of your patron, which is a delightful, wonderful thing if it's an archfey and, you know, they're a wonderful, nice thing and it's, horrifying if your bard is basically H.P. Lovecraft and you're writing about Cthulhu all the time and just standing on the corner. Do you not understand? The end is nigh. You don't understand. The tentacles, they roam from the mouth. The gaping maw opens. The yeah, sing another song. <laughs> all right, this one's called Wonderwall. <laughs> so I, I should note, by the way, that Warlock is actually not necessarily a very good dip for most spellcasters because they don't contribute like most uh, spellcasters do, the multi-classing spellcast increase. You'd be mostly going for abilities. Um, yeah, I would recommend. But you do have those instead. separate spell slots, so mm-hmm. no, you keep this, you keep the same spell slot. Well, no, slots. no, you have your uh, warlock spell slot separate from your uh, oh, yeah. regular. Sorry, I thought you were about the regular slots. caster spell slots. Though. Yeah, no, so you do have two separate pools for your warlock spells. Yeah, but the thing is, your warlock but, pool is one. It's not you much can cool. well you get to at perks some would point. be perks would be if you you know go high enough to pick your actual uh, brand of warlocky you Isn't could that first level uh, no it's actually second level hmm. first level you're just like hey someone's giving me power <laughs> yeah someone's giving me supernatural extra preternatural powers sweet um, you could go pack to the chain and uh, pack of the tome pack I actually know it is at first level. Is it? Choose patron at first level, otherworldly patron. No, you choose your patron, but you don't uh, you choose don't... your pact. Oh, yeah, no. That comes at third level. Yeah. That's what I'm referring to. Um, Regardless. Yeah. A three-level dip in a warlock, you can, you know, pact of the chain, um, pact of the blade, and pact of the tome all have decent utility, and it makes a pretty cool character. Nacho, do you have anything that you would recommend for bard? For bard? So, what do you give the character that already has it all? <laughs> Diamonds. No. <laughs> give him that paladin dip. Let him be a fight. Let him go up there on the front lines and smite everything. Yay, charisma. It's not a bad or, idea. You know what? Let's go sorcerer. Get all the extra spells on top of already having magical secrets and getting to steal from any spell list. And more charisma spells. Yeah, plus you get uh, quicken. Yeah. Which is good, although not quite as good as it sounds, because you can only cast one 
uh, major spell per turn. Oh, Although, no. Actually, uh, looking at the Sage Advice, that ruling applies to uh, bonus action spells. So mm, if no, you like, cast a full action spell of any level, if you use Action Surge, you can cast another one on your turn. But if you cast a bonus action spell of first level or higher, then for the rest of your turn, any action spell you cast has to be a cantrip. Yeah, that was what I was saying with Quicken Spell. As an aside, oh, <laughs> as an aside, never mind. Sage advice is also a hell of a drug because it's going to completely change our entire advice column when it comes to warlock. Yeah, no, it, it already kind of has. But uh, yeah, Eldritch Blast. Let's no move on to character. Level. Let's move on to cleric. This one's going to be a lot briefer than the others because, frankly, we would if like we were going to do this thing whole assed and we had all the time in the world, we'd spend about forty minutes on cleric. There, there's way too many options. Like there is, you know, if you're, you know, not even like not even jumping into what we have in Xanathar's, right? Just looking at the regular domains, the knowledge domain, the trickery domain, the uh, life domain, light domain, nature domain. Each one of those synergizes with a different class. Can gain a unique benefit from dipping into a different class. Um, also, really quick, too, before we continue, uh, Alan. We are going to get to your comment when we hit fighter. Shouldn't be long. Shouldn't be long. So let's let's try to keep it brief for cleric though, because there's a lot we. We're going to keep about. it brief. All of us are just going to tackle one domain and what you can do with it. That's fun. I'll start. Uh, I think cleric with trickery domain. It's pretty obvious. You go rogue. Um, it adds. I mean, A, flavor-wise, it just makes sense. Um, purely from a flavor perspective, uh, you get to add an extra skill, which is very useful. And you get to use a lot of things that would genuinely help a rogue. Uh, your spell list is Charm Person, Disguise Self, Mirror Image, Pass Without Trace, Blink, Dispel Magic, Dispel Magic Dimension Door, Polymorph, Dominate Person, and Modify Memory. Those are what you get from doing trickery. With a couple, uh, with about three or four levels in Rogue, enough to get Swashbuckler, you can do some pretty gnarly shit. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. It, you know, and I, like, it just lines up very neatly. It's a very clean, easy multi-class dip. You get a lot from going into Swashbuckler Rogue. Uh, your sneak attack, your advantage uh, for attacking people who are by themselves, and your spell list kind of helps you facilitate doing more roguey stuff. So for me, it's a no-brainer. Paul, what do you – if uh, one domain that you would multiclass with another besides fighter? I'm going to go for a kind of dumb one here, and it's going to be fighter, but not for the reasons you think. I'm going to go – So it's not action search. Cleric, war domain, fighter. And get fighter up to fifth level for the multiple attack features. And just completely for like just laugh at uh war domains. You can use uh you can an extra you can attack your, based yeah. on your wisdom modifier. Get three double attacks and that's it. And you get to action surge, so you can do it again. Uh but you can also spend your channel divinity for a plus ten to hit bonus, which is just wow, what? No, yeah, I, I plus like, ten is enormous. Hey, Clint, if you're still watching, you never did that once, by the way. Never. Uh, the highest AC in the Monster Manual is 19. Tarask has 30. Tarask has 30 AC? I don't mm -hmm. think that's right. 
I don't believe you. One second. Okay. Uh, I'll wait. <laughs> the Tarasque is terrifying. The Tarasque is supposed to be a Tarasque. It either lives in the core of the earth or it's on a whole other planet of Tarasque. Hourglass is 25, pressure. not hmm. 30. That said, even then, could be thinking of 25 at plus 10 is still very doable for a high-level character because plus 10 stacks with your other bonuses. Like, what's happening even? That's, you're, you're just hitting. How did that get past playtesting? <laughs> because, hey, I want to hit something. And more than that, of course, is that once you're stuck in the thick of combat, you've got a bunch of abilities that trigger when you do attack actions. So also useful. Yeah. Battlemaster is – I actually did try to steer Clint towards that when he was in my game. Like I gave him the option like if you would like to multi-class into fighter, here is the guy who will do that. And so he had a – you know, he had that option to take and he never did. He missed it. Oh, well. Not um, for me, I'd take the uh, light domain – and I'd throw paladin levels in there just because you want to make that ultimate Jesus fighter. <laughs> Get your smites, burninate the countryside with burning hands, flaming sphere, scorching ray, even wall of fire. Just, hey, here's a wall of fire. Now I'm going to smite you while you're in it. That's certainly something. Yeah, no, for – uh Let's see, because you get your ninth level spells at two, 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 two. 17th level, I believe. Yes, 17th, 17th level. So a uh, you could tolerate a three-level dip in Paladin and still have your one ninth level spell because your ninth amount of ninth level spells never go up past 17. Um, I think that is, yeah, that is a very important thing to notate on these pure spellcaster classes. A three-level dip in anything is not going to affect your ultimate spell casts and then uh really what with with the half casters such as the paladin uh they do have a multi uh multi-caster spell list or spell slot list that uh it's over here if you'd pull it up like with the paladin every two levels count as one level on it so you'll count as a level 18 spellcaster and even with multi-class spell list you have your ninth level spell you're golden. So, although how many games actually get to twentieth level is my question. Enough. All right, guys, we have a lot of ground to cover, and <laughs> yeah, we're okay. already thirty minutes in. So, moving on, Druid. You can do fighter. so much cool stuff with Druid. Dragonborn Druid, Dip Barbarian, make that fire breathing barbarian. So, Nacho, break that down. Unpack that for us. So, courtesy of Sage Advice, we know that if you're a Dragonborn, you have your breath attack. While you Wild Shape, you're still able to use it. While you're in Wild Shape, you can use all of your uh, abilities, not spells, but abilities. So, while you're Wild Shaped, if you're Dragonborn, you have your breath attack, you have your Barbarian Rage, you have all the goodies, and if you're Bear Totem, just, ha, you can't hurt me. I'm going to keep mauling you because I'm a bear, and now I'm going to breathe fire or lightning at you. Yeah. Because, you know, once a day. Because so, I'm a bear. I dropping, so even dropping Dragonborn from the equation. Um, Druid Barbarian is actually a very effective uh, tank if you're going uh, Circle of the Moon as your chosen path with Druid because you're primarily focused on your shape-changing abilities. So you're going to be able to take some pretty tanky creatures – 
and you are going to be able to use bear totem abilities with them because as long as you're in creature form and you fly into a rage, there's no concentration problems. You're just going to take half damage as a bigger animal that has a lot of HP because, as you've probably noticed, most monsters have way more HP than the players. Yeah, because they're higher level usually. Either higher level or it's just, you know, it's an assumed three-on-one situation or something like that. But for various reasons, you know, if you, you know, you're a level, let's say you pull this off with uh, four levels, right? You know, you're third-level druid with a, uh, or two-level druid, two-level barbarian. You can still turn into a black bear, which has, going to have way more HP than anybody else would have in the party. And you're going to be able to, uh, you're going to be able to go into a rage and take less damage. You're going to have to wait for third level to take even less damage, but you can be a very effective early game tank. I can't deny that. Um, I do think it's kind of wasting a druid's talents because, uh, despite the circle of the moon being incredibly strong, druids are in fact spellcasters and you can't cast spells while raging. Well, you cast your spells, then you wild shape and haha, I'm a bear. Yeah, because you can cancel your rages. I mean, yes, druids are probably pound for pound the best class in the game. If we're just stacking everything up, like against wizard, like it's a very close. It it depends on what day of the week I wake up and I think which is the best class in D anD D right now. But um, it's definitely a fun play style, and it's definitely a class that has a lot of utility. And if you're a big fan of World of Warcraft, you can do bear druid tanking. Honestly, I would recommend cleric. Additional spell slots, much more. Well, I mean, you get the standard uh, spell casting progression list. You're still using wisdom. You get your domain bonuses. And you get access to additional spells. Yeah. Also solid. Um, me, I'm going to go Druid Monk because Kung Fu Kitty is hilarious, but... You can't Flurry of Blows you can with go Kung Fu natural Panda. weapons. You can't Fury of Blows with your natural weapons, but you can still make unarmed attacks and use your Monk uh, damage hit dice for that. But it's... A, it's just the... Like, it, it is a very cool concept for me. Um... I guess that is the one place Paul and I really differ. I do love Rule of Cool. Like, if people do really cool stuff at my table, I'm just super happy. And Paul just really, 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 really loves brilliant, crisp chess play. We've all suffered through 3 and 3-5. Paul has become jaded by it. (laughs) Meanwhile, we still try to have fun. I play checkers and get drunk. He plays chess and laughs. But... So regardless, we should move on because we're yeah no we are burning. Well, we're pro- this is probably going to be an, uh, one of our uh, longer episodes. So, also though, just as an aside, while we're here at Druid, uh, can we talk about the Strike Laser Claw Kitty? Yes, a dip into Paladin with Druid, which is dumb. You can't do unarmed strikes with your natural weapon, says <laughs> Paul. Well, I can smite them. <laughs> you can. They are melee weapons. Yes. And that's pretty much it. You just take enough paladin levels as a druid to be able to smite while you're in animal form. And uh, if you've ever seen the anime Zoids, uh, you get to, you know... Uh, Run around, light your claw, your claws start glowing, and... Yeah, you strike laser claw. You know, and that's that's pretty much it. I mean, that's... Like, you get to that one time, you really enjoy it, and then after that, like, there's not a whole lot of utility behind it. Um 
there it could be some great lore with Oath of the Ancients and all that stuff, but it it's outrageous. It it's being outrageous for outrageousness sake. Or if you want to throw that extra dip, make it completely suboptimal. <laughs> get get Barbarian in there too. Oh, we're, we'll talk about the third dip. I should note that you can't actually cast the smite spells, but you can use the basic ability Divine Smite while wild-shaped. Yeah, which well, is yeah, fine. Thank, that's all I want. for clearing that for us because we forgot to uh, mention that. Yeah. But that's all you want, though. You just want Strike Laser Claw. I don't care if it's Thunderous. I don't care if it's anything else. I just want to jump in the air as a panther, have my claw glow, and fuck somebody's day up. So We are way over our sweaty yeah, threshold Language, today. please. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it in the truck, but I think I'm going to lift the ban. <laughs> I think we're about to become everybody's dad's D and D show. All right. Anyway, fighter, fighter can't dip the into man, fighter. The myth. I'm taking. I want to be both a champion and a battle master. Why can't I multi-class fighter? Into fighter? <laughs> I have seen those threads where people are just like, "But no, really, why can't I just take another subtype as well as because multi-class? it's a different specialty." I know. I know. Regardless, fighters I'm, I'm are. A, I'm a fighter four, fighter five. <laughs> Regardless, fighters are an interesting case. They're arguably among the best beat sticks in the game at the moment thanks to action surge, great weapon fighting, and the ability to make multiple attacks. Um, fighters, however, can be benefited from the following dips. Believe it or not, you may want to take only one or two levels of fighter as your main class to get action surge and then go into wizard in order to get the proficiencies for armored weapons and still get your spell slinging abilities. You could also go into Barbarian for a short time to get, you know, Rage. You could go into Monk, although that's not as good as the other abilities. You could go into probably not Paladin because that's not very good. You can still Smite. You you can, but I would rather take more levels of Fighter than Smite. Yeah, I'll agree with that. You could take Rogue and you could actually probably use the dual wielding benefits to get Sneak Attacks plus your extra attacks plus Action Surge. And Alan, yes, College of Swords Bard. Beautiful with fighter. You could dip bard. You can cover this. Yes. So really quick, Alan, just to answer your question that you asked earlier in the chat. Um, When it comes to College of Swords, so College of Swords is really good. That It's the only martially based version of bard that exists. Everything else really focuses on either wacky abilities or spellcasting, which is Cool, because Bard is a fantastic class. But dipping into Bard for College of Swords is kind of like it's going to be to to truly get the most out of College of Swords. You are going to need to. You're going to have to put way too many levels in. And frankly, with the way Fighter is built in fifth edition, you want more levels of fighter. You just want more levels of fighter. That said, I think a short dip in College of Swords is probably fine. Yeah, three levels to get there, but you're not going to gain any proficiencies. You, you are going to get Bardic Inspirations, which are great. You're going to get a new skill for multiclassing. You're going to yeah. get some skills, and you're going to get some spell casting. So you are going to get – there is going to be some benefits. You, things you are going to lose, though, is a third martial arch type feature, if this game is going to 20, an extra ability score improvement, and your fourth attack. So weigh those benefits evenly. You know, it, you know, some days, you know, this game is going to be a little shorter. The that College of Swords, uh, the DM layer has just popped in. What up, Luke? Uh, but yes, weigh those College of Swords benefits against your fighter benefits. Yeah, 
As always, you should. So, for me, if I'm going to dip my fighter in anything, if I'm going to take my little fighter cookie and I'm going to dip him in something, it's going to be rogue. It's going to be swashbuckler rogue, specifically. Because the ability to have advantage and sneak attacks... Um, or not requiring an advantage for a sneak attack on an opponent who is not surrounded by enemies as a fighter sounds tasty to me, and that's free damage. Um, Although you do need to use finesse weapons, which are not always the best weapons for a great weapon fighter to be using. Well, it doesn't always have to be a great weapon fighter, though. I, you know, you can work effectively within the constraints of some finesse weapons. Rapiers do as much damage as long swords. It's true. Um, and you can dual wield those. Uh, there, you, you can do some kind of wacky, weird stuff with it. You can. I think it's a good choice. It would be one of my choices for multi-classing fighter. Um, you know, and the sneak attack damage, it's and you know the extra skill you gain, and a couple other little things. You know, thieves tool proficiencies. I find it helpful if you're building a kind of off-color fighter, not the typical. I got a shield, I got an axe, and I got a bad attitude kind of fighter. Nacho, what do you got? Uh, first, do you remember which level you get a Colossus Slayer at? Three. The, three? Yeah, you gotta get Hunter. Oh, yeah. So I'd take the, uh, fighter, I'd multi-class into, uh, Ranger, so I'd get Colossus Slayer. Deal that extra, what was it, 1d8? 1d8 damage. Yeah. Whenever you attack an enemy that's already had, that already has damage, extra 1d8. You have all your attacks plus action surge, and that's... A very large amount of extra damage. Yes, it is. Jake said the ban is lifted, but still We're a little bit iffy about that. dropping all of the uh, F-bombs. <laughs> the embargo is going to be lightened, not not lifted. You oy. said lifted. Oi, oi, oi. Let's focus here. We'll, we'll, think, we'll figure this out. <laughs> all right. Let's not do backroom politics while we're live on air. We'll, I don't we'll know. We'll I do kind of want everybody to see my laundry. So... <laughs> All right, guys. That's fighter. Fighter is actually doesn't need a whole lot of help or love, but um, you could also take that part. We we are going to revisit the wizard thing, but let's keep moving. Let's keep trucking forward. Monk. Really quick, as an aside, if you take every class that we've talked about so far today, and every other class that we're going to talk about today, and you multi class into monk. Congratulations, you have an anime character of some type. No matter what. Um, but let's unpack this, and I'll start. So, Monk. The class I'm going for with Monk that I want to dip into, Paladin. Now, this is going to be mad as all hell, and that is major attribute dependency. Multi-attribute dependency. Yes. All of them. Yes, both. Literally all of them except for intelligence. The only stat they don't need is intelligence. So if you're in not a point-by game but a uh, dice-rolling game and you roll some of them dumb stats and you want to play a monk, consider doing some paladin stuff. And here's why. Oath of Vengeance Paladin synergizes very well with Way of Shadows Monk. Uh, what it gives you is... A free teleport option with your ability to teleport to shadows at six levels of monk. Kid. Yep. Um, you, you're getting your flurry of blows. And most importantly, you're getting the ability to smite with your fists. They are melee weapons. So you get to punch 
smite, do a bunch of damage, do a flurry of blows, disengage, and then teleport to a shadow. It is a hit and run fighter that, like, basically, you, you don't just see him coming. You need a rogue build. Like, there are rogue builds that do this a little bit better, but. It's still a very terrifying hit-and-run fighter, and the beauty of the Paladin dip always is that it has Lay on Hands and a couple other first-level spell slots. So you can use some healing stuff. You can do your smites. You know you're going to do smites. Don't lie to yourself. Yeah, but you you have the option to do a couple other things, and you know in the moment, utility spells are very useful. That's why spellcasters are the strongest classes in the game because they have that on-the-call utility. Yep. I mean – I don't know what to say about that. It's true. Thank you. Uh, what do you guys want to see your monk blended with, though? What, what are you? Uh... Well, you stole monk paladin from me, so I'm gonna have to go with the uh, monk ranger. Get a couple extra spell, couple extra spells, not spills. Spill, and then you gotta play ranger, so you'll be sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it is a spill, but then you also colossus slayer because. Colossus Slayer is great, and you just deal all the extra damage on your Flurry of Blows. It's true. And just like with the fighter, just roll all the D8s, steal your DM's big old box of D8s, and <laughs> just roll all of them. A big old box of D8s? I think I own like three D8s total. They're not uh, used for it. I have enough. <laughs> Jake and I have tackle boxes full. <laughs> 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 Got to collect Paul. all of them. Rogue. Monk Rogue is a ninja. People want to play ninjas. There you go. That's your option. I mean, it. It's the first time Bell's used today. Um, that that's spot on. Like Monk Rogue is a Monk Rogue is a shit ton of fun. It is one of the most as somebody who's done it and played with it a lot. Like Swashbuckler plus um, Way of the Shadows Monk, they just blend so effortlessly together. They you know, your ability to move around the map, your ability to um, get sneak attacks. Yeah, yeah. Move around the map, sneak attacks for free, basically, if a target's by themselves. Um, Fury of Blows after any attack with a sneak attack, and you're just you're just doing a ton of damage. And you teleport out into the mists. Yeah, and, and then you just and then you just ghost out, or you get. Knock down to zero health every combat. It's it's you live one of two lives. That's the monk and rogue life. I'm afraid to tell you. Every game I've seen, monks or rogues are always the ones who go down instantly in combat. So. Yep. You know, so either you live your best life, or uh, you know, you're you're gonna be you're gonna have to live dangerously. Playing <laughs> uh, monk rogue. All right, guys. I think for today, you know what we're gonna. This is gonna be a two parter. Okay. Um, so but, we'll we'll tackle the rest of the stuff next week, and we'll finish up multi class talk next week. But let's get into our final class of the day, Paladin. Dum, bum, bum. This is one of the highest variance classes as to what you do with it. Each of the oaths makes it play so dramatically differently, even compared to the cleric. The way your oaths shift around make how Paladin works weird. Yeah. No, there is a lot you can do with it. And the fact that uh, Paladin is a mad class as well. It can make your uh, decisions for multiclassing a little difficult because they have always needed 
strength, dexterity, constitution, and charisma. And then, you know, the brains is usually what gets left behind. But if you want to look at anything else, usually you're going to need that brain a little bit too. Two levels in fighter for action search. That's my <laughs> recommendation. So uh, I guess we're going to cover this now. So thanks to the uh, sage advice, the rule on the warlock Eldritch Blast has been – Well, they haven't changed it officially yet, but we suspect it's going to get changed in an errata in the near future. Yes. it's It's been uh, corrected though uh, as that your levels like – the way it was written in the book, it definitely seemed that warlock Eldritch Blast scaled with player level and not class level. Which means that it was incredibly good at any class that used charisma. Such as Paladin. So one level dip in Warlock for Paladin to get Eldritch Blast was effectively a no-brainer if you could explain it. Now, that being said, thanks to Xanathar's, we do have the Hexblade Paladin and we also have the – I am blanking on the name, but it's the Angel – The Celestial Warlock Pack. Yes, the Celestial Warlock Pack. Thank you. Um, We have both of those as options. And actually, they are still, A, both of them are logical dumps for a paladin. Um, Story-wise, a Hexblade paladin character is just a, I'm a paladin who has to deal with a very evil weapon that talks all the evil stuff to me. And there's there's a lot of fun stuff a DM can do with that. Like, the minute I get presented with that and I'm just like, oh, you've brought me food. (laughs) You fed me. I would Um, not recommend it. Lucille, no. <laughs> the uh, the abilities synergize well. And the Celestial Pack would make sense, you know, like a paladin and then an angel comes down and is just like, hey, buddy. You How make would a- you like some more powers, buddy? Would you like some more powers, buddy? I see you doing all the good stuff, buddy. I want to make you better at doing the good stuff, pal. Friendo. Guy. Why, why are you making them talk like you're devils? Not devils. Canadian. <laughs> all angels are Canadian. They are the sweetest people. They are. Regardless, uh, Warlock was the uh, the no-brainer dip for Paladins, but that's changed slightly. That's changed slightly. Still, for me, I, I definitely still recommend it. I still <laughs> recommend the Hexblade dip because it, uh, like, we don't have time to really go into the syner- uh, the synergies of the abilities, but just take it on a little bit of faith. Also, you can expend spell slots, and Warlocks get their spell slots back on short rests. Yeah, it. You're going to get your smites back faster. You're going to – Well, no. Those spell slots are uh, yeah, but kept separately. You can expend a spell slot, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the uh, sage advice I had read, unless I misread it, was saying that the warlock spell slots are kept separate from your uh, regular caster spell slots. But – Yeah, but – I mean, I mean, here's, here's the – well, here is where it would be difficult to rule at a table is you can burn a spell slot. As a paladin for oh, a smite. Wait, does it just say spell slot? Yeah, it just says you can expend a spell slot. Oh, never mind then. Yeah. yeah. So that is going to give you extra spell slots to turn into smites. You're going to get Eldritch Blast, which gives you a fantastic ranged attack. I mean, even if it doesn't level with your class level, it's still basically a heavy crossbow that can never be taken away from you. Yeah. And it also you can do cool things like shoot it out of your eyes, shoot it out of your ass, you know, like however you want to do it. I do what I want. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it's your character. Do whatever you please. Um and then you have your Pact of the Chain, Pact of uh, the Tome, and Pact of the Blade benefits, whatever one you take. And then there's whatever benefit 
from whatever patron you take. I mean, Celestial and Hexblade still seem to make the most sense for Paladin, but there are still very strong reasons to examine every option. Another good option for Paladin to dip into, however, is Barbarian. And that is simply so they can remain the tankiest of tanks. Yep. A bear totem barbarian. Um, definitely, this is one of the few classes I would highly recommend a crossbreed of. All where right. we're just going equal levels. Equal level paladin, equal level barbarian. It's like, you're saying... Uh, bear, Go on, I'm listening. The, oh, one second. Well, you're saying bear to make it tanky. Personally, for me, I'd go with the uh, wolf totem... Just to say, hey, I'm the leader out there in combat. Give everybody their advantage. That's fair. That's true. It's also but pretty good. It, it's all rewards. different on playstyle. That's fair. Um, the big reasons for that is this. They only still get the two main attacks. You're going to sacrifice some smites, but what you're going to gain through barbarianing is just your remarkable tanking ability and pure health. And you're also going to be able to lay on hands yourself. You're you're going to be a, the most self-sufficient tank other than probably a druid tank who is ignoring the fact that they could just, you know, carry the party to victory. But they want to be a tank. Which is, can't you know, stop you. Yeah, can't stop you. Your life choices. So, next week. Um, oh, I want to quickly make my quick point on Paladin. I got make your... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nacho. <laughs> this is my bad. I'm trying to stay on time. Well... Yeah, no, I'm, go, I'm just going to go. keep it real quick. So as a paladin, you hit your magical puberty. You're now a sorcerer. <laughs> Yay charisma spells. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, it ain't more, bad. More smites. More smites. You actually have more spells to use. And, yeah, that's the end of my point. All right. That's fair. So. On time. Next week, uh, we are going to be showing up on the Punk Wisdom podcast on Friday night. I don't know how they do their uh, live viewing. Our previous get, uh, guest, Matt, who was on the show, we're going to appear on his podcast, uh, the Punk Wisdom podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about Magic the Gathering, D&D, a whole bunch of fun games. So um, tune in for that. That'll be a lot of fun. Can't wait to do that show. Um And then next Sunday, we're going to finish up this contentious multi-classing bitch of a topic and probably going to talk about a few other things, but we haven't really figured them out yet. So I guess for this week, I'm Jake. I'm Nacho. I'm Paul. And this has been 3DMs for this week. (laughs) Oh, We'll see you guys all next week. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thanks. You pulled my bacon out of the fire. (laughs) Roll well. We love you. Bye-bye.